You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore daddy. So here's what we're going to do today. Because I have apparently no ability as of the last month to get up when it's time to get up and not go back to sleep and sleep through six alarms or whatever the issue is, we're going to skip all the formalities today. Because I'm not going to sit here and talk about Patreon and then not have any time for football stuff. And we don't have very much time. So we're going to go immediately into uh, day three. We're going to skip interior offensive line right now. And the plan is, because these are the two that everybody cares the most about, um, and we're going to go in order of most important, we're going to look at linebackers. And then we're going to look at defensive tackle. So the, the plan is linebackers. Take a break, defensive tackles. All right? Well, that's we'll see how it goes. Thank you all so much for joining me. You make my heart sore. I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I don't know. It's all I could think of in the moment, all right? You are the sunshine of the uh, my my eye. Thank you. So linebackers, tell you what, this thing um, takes a little bit of a while to load. I don't know why I keep closing this. I need to stop doing that because that is literally about four minutes of time that I don't have. All right. So fortunately for our purposes today, there are not that many linebackers that we would say are um, feasible at 30. But again, we'll kind of expand this out a little bit. As I've said in the past, if you are one of the folks that likes to scream and kick about that person won't be there or that's way too early and you can't emotionally handle it, just take the day off, come back tomorrow, we should be done with this by then. I've got a mock draft Facebook group you can check out if, if that's your MO. Feel free to kick and scream about uh, about that. So the, the top five, and this is again very, very different because typically what you see is Isaiah Simmons number one, and then generally Kenneth Murray, then Patrick Queen. Although again, most people that I'm that, you know, I don't know, on social media or whatever, seem to think Patrick Queen is much better than Kenneth Murray. But again, on my consensus board, which is the quote-unquote professionals online doing their big boards, they have Kenneth Murray ahead. Either way, that is not the order PFF has them in. Isaiah Simmons is still number one. Then they have Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, number two. Then they have Troy Dye out of Oregon, number three. Then Patrick Queen, then Kenneth Murray. So that's kind of kind of interesting and is a reason why we are going to talk about all five of these guys. Actually, I'm sorry, we're not going to talk about Isaiah Simmons. But uh, Zach Bond is interesting. I, I, I have watched Zach Bond. The problem I have with Zach Bond is you're watching a outside linebacker, a, a pass rusher, and trying to determine how good of a linebacker he's going to be. I, I don't know how people come to such simple conclusions 
I don't know if most people are just looking at it and they're like, yeah, he's from Wisconsin, he's fast, he's going to be a great linebacker, and they just jump to that conclusion, or if they're just, they just, I don't know, maybe you guys just <laughs> know what you're doing, I don't know. Because I'm watching the guy and I'm like, he's a terrible pass rusher, but I don't know, maybe he could play inside, that, that'd be cool, I guess. Looks kind of fast when he has to drop in coverage, so I guess. But PFF has seen enough to know he is the second best linebacker in this class. I'm not off that train, but I can't get on that train because, again, I, I you know, for me it would be like watching a safety play and being like, dude, what do you think? QB3? Like, I, I don't, I, what? I don't know. What? How? Why would you even ask me that? But he makes a mean pizza. What do you think? I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. But, um. Also, if you are if you have the draft guide, and I'm sure you can figure out how to search in the draft guide, but you're going to be very confused trying to find him in the linebackers because he's not in the linebackers. He's in the uh, the edge group, which makes sense because that's what all of his stats are because that's where he plays is off the edge. But they have Zach Bond overall number 39 on their big board, which again, similar to other positions that we've seen, like tight end, they just don't think there's any linebackers outside of, obviously, the, the safety, Isaiah Simmons, that we've talked about. That's worthy of really taking in the first round, other than maybe Zach Bond, but in their opinion, it's a little bit of a reach. But he is six foot two, 238 pounds. He's actually, hilariously, uh, his NFL player comp is Joe Schobert, the exact guy that I said I didn't want the Packers to pick up. Also, former Badger. If you look at his alignments... Um, I mean, there was one play where he's over the tackle. We're talking, you know, down defensive end, ash, uh, pass rusher. He played 76 snaps this past year as an inside linebacker, 664 lined up outside. So he was almost exclusively a 3-4 outside linebacker. Very few exceptions. I mean, I suppose 76 isn't nothing, but compared to 664, it's pretty significant. Um, you know, if you look at his... Combine times, I mean, he's way ahead of everybody, but that's because he's largely being compared to 250, 260, 270, 280-pound pass rushers. You know, probably not too many 280-pound pass rushers, but you get the point, right? 260, 270, he's 238. But 465 is fast, even for an inside linebacker. Um, The explosion drills were not that great, which, to be completely honest, everything about him really does speak to being a... uh, an inside linebacker. The question is, is he any good at it? And I don't know. I just know he wouldn't be any good outside. That's the only thing I know. At 238 pounds, he's too small. Not to be inside, but to be outside, no, I don't want 238. 465 speed doesn't really mean anything as an as an edge rusher. However, explosion off the line as an edge rusher is unbelievably important, and he doesn't really, I mean, the 10-yard the split is there. But when you're looking at vert and broad and everything else, he doesn't really have a whole lot of lower body explosion. So anyways, when you look at his, uh, the quote-unquote bottom line, you don't find any athletes at bond size who move as fluidly as he does, which is a weird statement considering he's small. The majority of them are productive linebackers in the NFL. Wherever you want to line them up, I've no doubt Bond will similarly produce. So if we look at his grade, which again, you got to do a little bit of conversion in your mind and try to think who he, you know, he's going up against different guys. He's got different responsibilities. I mean, even off the edge compared to inside, it's a little bit different. However, his run defense grade was a 91, which again, kind of speaks highly of him being an inside linebacker when you're very, very good against the run. Coverage grade was a 77.3. Missed tackle percentage, 79.7. That number seems very misleading. I'm positive that doesn't mean he missed 79.7% of his tackles. 
Forced incompletions, 20.7% of the time. All these, by the way, are well above average, in case you're wondering. Completion percentage, 10.3%. So he did a great job when he was in coverage, and he was absolutely a freak against the run. Um, the other, I guess, positive is that every single one of his negatives, or the cons for Zach Bond, goes to why he can't be an outside linebacker, which I think is kind of... Everybody already knows that. For example, very undersized for an edge, 240. Off-ball may be a necessary move. Not a single bull rush pressure this year. Right, because he's 230 pounds. Um, the Wisconsin scheme put him up against tight ends and running backs, which pumped up his pass rush, uh, you know, numbers. Which is also something to keep in mind as well. If you go back and watch Zach Baum, watch who he's going up against. Because if somebody runs his way, and he's being blocked by a running back, and he gets off that block and makes a tackle, make a mental note that that was not an offensive tackle. Because beating some two-lane running back is different than beating somebody like David Bakhtiari if, if it became necessary, or Elton Jenkins, or whoever ends up getting up to him. I did, I'm not trying to sound so negative. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's very hard to just assume that he's going to be that good. To, to make him the number two is just shocking to me. But, I mean, I, you know, I got to go try to find some more of those inside. If you know of a game where he played inside a lot, let me know, because I want to watch it. But anyways, he did end up with 13 sacks. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with having... If he if he can do a good job against the run, and we know he's got enough speed to cover, which speed doesn't mean you can actually cover, but it means you have enough speed to work with, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have a guy that's a decent blitzer on the inside as well. 13 sacks, 12 hits, 28 hurries this past year. I mean, his, his physical tools get me excited. I'm just... You know how I am about physical tools. I don't care. I like being able to see a guy do something really, really well, and I, I just I wasn't able to see him do anything well except being a bad outside linebacker, and it just gets, it's hard for me to get excited about a bad outside linebacker being the number two inside linebacker, if that makes sense. All right, let's move on to Troy Dye because he is their number two or number 48 overall. I mean, the, the good news about this, and I do think Kenneth Murray, I was going to say Kyler Murray, I do think Kenneth Murray and uh, probably Patrick Queen are gone. However, it's certainly not a consensus, and you may have multiple linebackers not only available at 30, but further down than, than anybody is expecting. But anyways, they have Troy Dye at 48. Very, very small. I mean, small to... And I understand this is the way the NFL is going, but when you're six foot four, 224 pounds, that is really, really small. Especially at 6'4". I mean, if you're 6'1", 224, that's small. 6'4", 224? Dude. Um, another issue would be the fact, according to PFF anyways, 2019 was his worst overall year. They did kind of switch up his position, use him to rush the passer a little bit more, but 2017 his grade was an 81, 2018 it was an 80, 2019 was a 77. They ramped up his pass rush snaps from 77 to 113, though. They had a little note on him, long and smooth is a great combination for a linebacker in the NFL. Dye's length can affect the passing game by simply dissuading quarterbacks from attempting passes in the first place. You may have to accept a bit of a liability against the run, though, with Die. Personally, I don't think I'm willing to do that. I mean, I, I don't dislike Die. I understand, and I, I, I wouldn't doubt it if the Packers liked a guy like Die because they refuse. I mean, like I've said, since Blake Martinez, they've done nothing but go out and get these guys that are coverage guys that are borderline liabilities against the run. And I don't know if that was the expectation with Oren Burks, but when I went back and watched Oren Burks, that's the impression I got. And then this past year in the seventh round, they got Ty Summers. Ty Summers is, I mean, not exactly Troy Dye, but pretty similar. He's a, a fast guy that's not going to do anything against the run. I personally am not a fan of that. I understand how important it is. 
but what 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 how does that help us against the 49 well he's he's going to he's going to be able to be one of the few linebackers that can run with tight end and that's cool but again wh- why can't we just get a linebacker do we just not need a linebacker and, and and again maybe this is why Mike Pettin is so determined to bolster this defensive line and just have a dominant 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 defensive line which there's no question in my mind that is the most important thing that he's looking for, which would include edge, just that that front. It's why, as I've said, the first thing that Brian Gutekunst did with Mike Pettin when we, you know, one of the only positions we had that seemed like a decent position was defensive line, they went out and got a defensive lineman in free agency, right? They got Muhammad Wilkerson when we already had Kenny Clark and Mike Daniel. That was the one position we didn't need on the defense. We needed linebacker help. We needed edge help. We could have used maybe corner help, maybe. I think it was definitely because it was before the draft when we got Jair. We definitely needed safety help. Nope, we got defensive line. Needed wide receiver help? Nope, defensive line. Tight end help? Nope. So maybe that is the plan. Just get a dominant defensive line and then just have a linebacker that runs really fast and can cover. But my preference personally, not that I, you know, not that I'm running anything here, but you get a Blake Martinez type, one that's good at being a Blake Martinez, a guy that can stop the run, that isn't a liability in coverage, but, you know, is is very good against the run. And then you have your box safety, who could be, you know, whether it's a Troy Dye or whatever, a, a guy that's much more of a coverage guy than anything else. He knows how to tackle if need be, but, I mean, he's there to cover tight ends. If it's just Troy Dye, I just don't like that. I don't like getting gashed on. I'm tired of it. Again, go back to the 49ers game. What, what is Troy Dye going to do to help anything? Again, not trying to trash the guy. It just makes me nervous because I feel like this is what the Packers want. They want a 224-pound guy that runs fast. Just makes me very nervous. Anyways, um, his grades were all good, not great. Coverage grade was a 77, run defense grade 72, which isn't as bad. And maybe it's overblown because it's assumed that he would be bad because he's 224 pounds. I remember when I watched him, I didn't think he was a liability. So I, I, I tend to think maybe it's just more of an assumption. Once he makes that jump into the NFL, he's going to get annihilated, which is probably a relatively safe bet, but I don't know. He, he, he has to be more than just a fast guy. He, he, if we look at his where he lined up, though, very versatile, which obviously Mike Pettin would love. Um, 687 of his snaps were lined up as a linebacker in the box, but he also had six snaps at free safety, four at you know wide corner, 44 in the slot, 55 along the defensive line presumably as a pass rusher. So he's very, very versatile. Again, that, that all gets me excited. And I really do like Troy Dye, but I would need, if, if I'm Brian Gutekunst, I'm not touching him unless I have assurances or believe that he can play the run. Don't have to be dominant, because I know he's not going to be. You can get a guy like Weaver if you want a dominant linebacker against the run. I'm not looking for that. I don't mind being better in coverage than you are against the run, but you can't be a liability. That's just not allowed, unless we have a, an alternative plan. And I know we have Christian Kirksey. I, you know, I don't know. I just don't like that plan, especially if, if, if we're not going to do anything to bolster the defensive line. we got to do something. That was the biggest liability last year toward the, down the stretch. The reason we're not going to be winning a Super Bowl anytime soon is because there are teams that will just run the ball down our throat, that will throw the ball four and a half times because, nah, what are they going to do? They can't stop the run. And we're not going to do anything about that? We're going to get Troy Dye and actually go backwards in terms of our ability to stop the run? That's not a plan. It's a, I mean, it's a bad plan, but it's not a plan I would sign off on. So, anyways, them's my concerns. 
Which leads me to um, Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray. Now, they have Patrick Queen first, so we'll start with that. They have him projected as a second-round player. I, I just, I really like Patrick Queen. As I've said before, I mean, he's got all the athleticism. He's six foot two, twenty-nine, so I think he's got a proper amount of build. I mean, 230 is, is sufficient. He's, he's smaller, but again, when you're six foot 230, you're, you're fairly built. Beyond that, my favorite attribute about Patrick Queen is his ability to read and react. When that play goes, he's already sprinting in the correct direction. That is so unbelievably important for a linebacker. Add into that his 4-5 speed, which is blazing fast, 97th percentile. His 1-5-1 10-yard split, which we're talking about your ability to be fast instantly, not building up speed. I mean, you know, again, he's 99th percentile on his 10-yard split. So if anything, he's slowing down as you get further down the field. You know, his, his broad jump, 92nd percentile. His vert, 70th percent. I mean, he's just, I really like Patrick Queen. I really do. Do I wish he weighed a little bit more? Yeah, probably. He's also a versatile player. 702 snaps in the box, but also played 25 along the defensive line, 7 as a safety, 4 as a corner, 41 in the slot. His run defense grade was an 82 overall. Now his, his, excuse me, his coverage, did I say that? His coverage grade was an 82 overall, which is unbelievably important. Now the, the negative here is that his run defense grade was a 64, which is about exactly average. That has to be somewhat concerning. I didn't see any problems with his ability to play the run when I watched him, but if, if that is a problem, then that's a problem. But it does excite me that the guy I watched is really, really solid against the run, and apparently he was very good in coverage, but it's hard to kind of pick and choose what part of PFF I want to listen to. Another benefit, he doesn't turn 21 until basically the start of the season. Very, very young. And I know the Packers like that a lot as well. They've had several guys, Jair and, and uh, Kenny Clark. I mean, every team is going to like that. It's a massive benefit. You get them for longer. Anyways, there's a little note on him. While he may look more like a safety than a linebacker at the moment, he's got enough explosiveness to make up for. He's still a raw athlete, though, who is only picking up the intricacies of zone coverage. Not sure what the point of that is. They made some kind of a point there. So they actually addressed it as I'm reading a little bit about this. The, let me just read it. The run defense concerns really only relate to taking on blockers consistently. However, continuing on, he keyed multiple stops, crucial goal line series in the first quarter against Texas with his ability to get lateral in a hurry. I think that's exactly what I remember and is the reason I instantly started liking Patrick Queen. He could still add, uh, stand to add some muscle to his frame. Whoever writes this stuff, I swear they write in a very weird way that I just my brain can't process it. But you can't do too much better in a one-season sample to raise your draft stock. Does that sound weird to you? Find a better way to say that couple positives and negatives because I 100% agree with these. Consistently on balance, showing up well, guarding angle routes out of the back. See what I mean? What is that? Is that Renner writing this? You need to get smacked. Let's try another one. Smoothness to his game you can't coat. Can see it flipping hips when dropping into zone. I'm done. I, I'm, I'm just... Anyways, I really like Patrick Queen. Um, my assumption is that he's gone, and if he's not gone, I don't think the Packers take him. I just, I don't. Again, I, I don't believe the idea that the Packers will never take a linebacker round one. I don't think there's any hard and fast rules in that way. However, I do think that they tend to value linebackers a little bit less, meaning that when pick 30 comes, if Patrick Queen's there, they probably have another prospect they just like more, whether that's because of positional value or whatever. 
they're just going to pick best player available, and odds are it's not going to be a linebacker. However, if it is a linebacker, they're going to take a linebacker. If the best player on their board is Patrick Queen, let's say they think Patrick Queen would be good at 24, and and everybody else is a second-round pick on their board, and they can't believe he fell, there is no rule in Green Bay that says, yeah, but he's a linebacker, so forget it. That's not a thing that happens. And then you got Kenneth Murray, which, to be completely honest, I think... As much as I like Patrick Queen because he does those linebackery things, things that I look at and say, that's what you need to do to be a good linebacker. I think Patrick Queen does it better. Kenneth Murray's my guy. If there's a my guy at linebacker, it's Kenneth Murray. Because he kind of looks like Patrick Queen, just a lot more violent. And I need a little bit of that from my linebackers. I, I still like, even though it, it might not be throwback, I can't fully get on board with this 220-pound thing. The, the Troy dies that are really fast but just are just going to get annihilated by offensive linemen. Kenneth Murray is six foot two, two 241 pounds, and he just has this mentality that when he goes to tackle somebody or hit somebody, he's trying to hurt him a little bit. Maybe that's not a good thing, but I like a little bit of that from a linebacker. That's, that's your job is to be an enforcer in the middle of the field. That, that, at the very least, that should be your mentality. That's why I, I, just, I get annoyed by linebackers that slip tackles as opposed to you know shedding tackles. You know, there are guys who will literally run backwards and go all the way around to try to tackle somebody just to not take on a, 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 an offensive lineman. I'm sorry, no. Please don't do that. But obviously at six foot two, two 241 pounds, he has got a build that is just, it's, it's much more attuned to being a big physical linebacker. And beyond that, 4.52 is what he ran. So he's not losing anything in terms of speed. 96th percentile, 154 10 yard split, 98th percentile, 91st percentile on the vert, 97th percentile on the broad jump. He pulled a hamstring, but I mean he's he's got all the tools that you get from a from a a Patrick Queen. I mean he's got all he, he's faster than Troy Dye, and he's built much better in my opinion. 62 241 as a linebacker, 64 227 or whatever Troy Dye is, just eh, whatever. And even reading what PFF says, and they kind of say it in a backhanded manner, it gets me excited. Here's what they say. Murray's success at the next level is going to rely heavily on usage. He's not Mr. Do-It-All. He's a hunter in the middle of the field who will limit yard after the catch and make plays in the opposing backfield. That's all I want. That is my dream. A hunter in the backfield. Which, which is probably a better word than enforcer, as much as I like enforcer. Because enforcers, I, I picture big, you know, A.J. Hawk types, where if you come in my zone, I'm going to hurt you. Kenneth Murray's going to seek you out. He's going to run sideline to sideline. He's going to shoot into the backfield. He will hunt you down, and then he will grab you by the neck and throw you to the ground, which is literally something I saw him do, which got me very excited. Granted, I think the reason he did it is because he kind of took a poor angle and was going to miss the guy, but he still got his big old bear paw in his throat and ripped him to the ground, and I just, I really like Kenneth Murray a lot. Again, if I'm putting money down on who the best linebackers are, it's going to be, you know, Isaiah Simmons, fine, whatever, because he does the stuff that people like, even though I don't really care. Patrick Queen, I like him a lot. He does get me very excited. Troy Dye, I'll acknowledge. He's probably going to be solid in coverage, whatever. Kenneth Murray's a guy I want. I just want him. He's a mean-spirited, violent, angry, big, fast. He just, he's perfect. He's, he's, he's just perfect. And I just really like him. Um, again, strangely, coverage grade was through the roof. Run defense grade was below average. Seems very weird. I don't know. I don't work for PFF. I don't have their note. But his run defense grade was a 60. His coverage grade was an 80. Which, again, should get you a little excited. Concern to an extent. Because, again, if you can't stop the run, we're, we're kind of shooting ourselves in the foot. And there are better coverage options, probably, than Kenneth Murray. 
But assuming this 240-pound missile can be taught to play the run, you've got a guy that can also cover. I mean, the guy runs in the low 4.5s. He's fast. Also was used not quite as versatile as some of the other linebackers, but 669 in the box, 120 snaps on the line, 39 snaps in the slot. So just in general, I mean, his PFF, which is probably why he's so much lower, his PFF grades were not that great. Uh, pass rushing grade was a 62.8, which is below average. Tackling grade was a 68.6, which is rated about average. Um, again, it was just his coverage grade that stood out the most. Michael Kendricks is his NFL comp. So I don't know. I, I don't know if he'll be a good football player. I just know that I like his mentality. And for that reason alone, I would be excited more than anyone, uh, at least as far as linebackers, if we got Kenneth Murray. He, I put him in the my guy category. Anyways, why don't we take a break and uh, talk about defensive tackles? We don't have a ton of time, so we'll have to speed this up a little bit. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So their top five are Derek Brown, who we're not going to talk about because he'll be long gone. Javon Kinlaw, which we can talk about. Um, he was a real big name. Might still go very early, but he, he's not talked about nearly as much. And there's just a, there is a situation in which, considering all the other high-end positions, that he just ends up kind of falling. Number three, they have Jordan Elliott. Number four, Marlon Davis. Number five, Ross Blacklock. Again, this is not typically the order you're going to find them in. This is their order. This is what we'll talk about. And again, I think I'm just going to go in alphabetical order and look at guys that might potentially be available and try to do this as fast as is humanly possible. So first off, we come to Ross Blacklock, 6'3", 290 pounds. Bottom line on Mr. Blacklock, he is a he is top-tier athleticism for the interior, but has little technical proficiency to speak of. He may not hit the ground running in the NFL, but chances are he'll put it all together in time. In other words, kind of a work in progress, I guess. I don't hate that as much as other positions because I really, really respect Jerry Montgomery and what he's done with, with defensive linemen. I think he does a fantastic job. I mean, he took Kenny Clark, who was seen as a second-round prospect, and made him into one of the best defensive tackles in football. You know, Mike Daniels. I don't know how many defensive line coaches he's had, but um, Mike Daniels was, what, a fourth or fifth-round pick? He became, again, one of the top defensive tackles in football. We've got a, uh, I mean, we've had seventh-round and undrafted free, and a bunch of guys that just come in and contribute. Granted, Dean Lowry has not been the greatest ever, and we've had the other guys like Kingsley Kiki and whatever that haven't been able to do much, but if we're going to 
pick a position to say, let's look at a guy with a lot of tools that needs some work. Defensive line is maybe one of them that I would trust the most. Um, one of the, it's hard to say whether it's a positive or a negative. In the NFL, typically, and this is another thing that annoys me, is because if you're a defensive lineman, I expect you to be very good against the run, and pass rush is a bonus, which is maybe not the right. You should be able to be good at both, but you have to be good against the run. The NFL is looking for guys that are just pass rushers, and that kind of annoys me as well. Ross Blacklock is not that. He is a poor pass rusher. If you look at uh, some of the cons they wrote for him, so many dud rushes where he's not even using his hands, almost no pass rush moves to speak of. Swim and bull is about it. Uh, Neither are well refined. Recklessness to his game. There are many times when he overruns the quarterback or whoever it is he's going after, which is one of the most annoying things ever when you watch a guy that can very rarely get to the quarterback, and when he does, he just doesn't know what to do. That drives me nuts. Um, however, his grades aren't terrible. Pass rush grade is a 75. Run stop grade is a 90, which, I mean, again, the way that we are doing things, and he's got a decent enough build. 6'3 isn't the, the the biggest or longest guy in the world, but 290 pounds, kind of a leaner. He, he feels kind of like a Mike Pettinish guy. Uh, pass rush win rate, despite the negatives, is a 12.6, which in the NFL is pretty high. But again, usually you've got guys in college that are you know, their pressure rates are high teens and low 20. And then they come into the NFL and maybe they're 10s and 12 percentage. But everything is above average. Third down grade, 67.6. It's all decent, but I think the big thing is he's definitely going to be more of a run defender than a pass rusher. And I, I think maybe the best way to say it is he is a, a run defending defensive tackle with pass rush upside. Somebody needs to teach him how to do it because he's just kind of making stuff up as he goes, it sounds like. Um, as far as athleticism, he's got a lot of, well, I mean, 40-yard dash is useless, but his 10-yard split, which is important, that initial quickness, 89th percentile, 1-7 was his time. His 40 was a 4-9, just to show how he is quick. Um, the explosion, however, was pretty terrible, 46th percentile for the three-cone vert. Well, that's not explosion. Uh, vert, 49th percentile. So I don't, I don't know. I'm not as big of a Blacklock fan. I like him, but I, I'm not as big as a lot of other people are. Uh, next up on the list is my guy, my favorite defensive tackle. He was my favorite last year, Mr. Raekwon Davis. He 100,000% is built like a Mike Patton guy. Six foot six, 311 pounds. Long, lean. I mean, I know you want to get maybe a little bit more pass rush prowess, but I, I, I've i said it before, I think he's a little bit underrated as a pass rusher. He's not top tier, but just just absolute raw power. I, oh, I can't get over it. Again, it's because I want a guy that's really good against the run that I like Raekwon Davis, and he is very good. His uh, run defense grade was an 88. Pass rush grade was a 71, which again is fine. Pass rush win rate is 12%, so 12% of the time he's beating the guy in front of him. Doesn't necessarily denote getting to a quarterback, but beating the guy in front of him. Run stop rate, 7.8%, well above average. The only one that was below average was his third downgrade, which is a 63.4. One of the things that they said about him, which is funny because I've done... If you've seen it, I don't know, but I've done videos about Raekwon, and basically it's me just yelling bear paws, because that, that's a term I made up because of Raekwon Davis, because of the amount of power in it. He literally, if he just gets a hand on you, you're done. I've seen him bring people down with one hand so many times, running backs who are trying to get past him, and he'll reach out. And that's the other, that, that I don't want to understate how important that is. How many times have you seen defensive tackles who are being held up and they're kind of right there and they reach out and the guy runs right through their arms, right? Which is, I mean, how do you do that? How do you bring a guy down? I've seen Raekwon from behind grab a guy by the chest and just rip him, spin him like a top and bring him down. I've seen him sack quarterbacks by just pushing the guy right in the chest. 
How many times have you seen a defensive tackle get one hand on the quarterback and he slips out? He, he He's pushing through a defender, reaches this ridiculously long arm into the quarterback with a defender still in front of him and knocks the quarterback to the ground. The amount of power he has in his hands is disgusting. And the guy's got 11-inch hands, which, you know, the, the width of your hand probably doesn't speak to the power. But man, 11-inch hands, almost 34-inch arm, 6 foot 6, 3'11". I mean, he's, he is tall and lean. He is used all over the defensive line, A-gap, B-gap, um, down defensive end. He's used outside of the tackle. Again, that, that comment that they said so much power behind his hands takes down running backs one-handed with ease. That, that is, that's, that's huge. I mean, just think about the 49ers game, how many times what the, what the offensive line did was a great job of just spreading everybody out. And you're just thinking, like, how does, not, how does this not happen every time? They just have everybody spread out. And so you'll see guys reach one arm out, and he just runs right through. This guy does not get pushed around, and if he gets so much as a hand on you, you're done. Um, the, another positive, and this is a very big Mike Pettin note, length that creates serious issues for offensive linemen can dictate first contact, and he does. He actually reminds me a lot of when I watched Leonard Williams, which is what the first year that I started watching. I think it was, um, I don't know what year it was, but Leonard Williams was the top defensive lineman, and it was it was a very similar, and Leonard Williams isn't that great. He was underwhelming, but very similar in terms of, I actually thought he was losing. When I, when I would watch, I didn't know what I was watching. They would be locked up, and it's like, come on, do something. No, he was just waiting. And as soon as he knew which way the running back was going, he tossed the offensive lineman like he was nothing and went and made a play. Raekwon does that as well. He grabs the guy right inside on the chest. He has complete control. It's over. He's just trying to decide which way we're going. He's waiting for the running back, waiting, waiting, waiting. And then he's just going to throw him to the side and make a play. I mean, it's not every time. I'm, I'm overstating it a bit. But I, that just, for me, that that's what does it. And when people say, yeah, but he's a terrible pass rusher, it's like, whatever. I mean, I, I just, I went back and watched him the other day. He had, within the first couple minutes of the game, he had back-to-back quarterback, I don't know if it was, there were sacks or pressure. He just steamrolls an offensive lineman, got right to the quarterback two times in a row. And I'm watching that going, what, what, is, what is the problem with him as a pass rusher? Maybe he doesn't do it quite as often as you like, but man. Uh, the one negative, and PFF wrote this, that I have noticed is that he rarely wins late. Which is to say, if he doesn't get his hands inside, if, if he's kind of off balance or whatever early, he kind of has a hard time catching back up. But I don't know. i gotta, I got to move on. But I'm a very big Raekwon fan. I, I doubt we get him. And um, I'm, I have said it before, I'm the only person in all of Packers fandom that I can imagine that if the Packers took him at 30 would be very excited. Nobody on planet Earth, everybody would be mocking it and making fun of it. I don't care. I, I would love it. Next up, Jordan Elliott. This is PFF's number three overall defensive tackle. Six foot four, 304, uh, the skinny on him. Elliott may not have freakish tools, but he's more than athletic enough to be an all-around quality defensive tackle in the NFL. With how consistent he was in 2019, I'd bet on him being that sooner rather than later. His grades are ridiculous. And he doesn't play for a small school, so usually, I mean, if I don't, I take it with a grain of salt if he's, you know, some, well, small school. Pass rush grade, 91.1. Run stop grade, 91.1. Third down grade, 89.8. Pass rush win rate, 18.7%. Run stop rate, 8.1%. All of these are well above average. Um, Some of the comments are pros and cons. High motor as a pass rusher. Combo moves together. Combos moves together and keeps throwing hands. He's got positive height, length, and athleticism. Extremely consistent on the game-to-game basis, which is good. It's also hard because there are probably certain guys that I watch on just good games and bad games because I don't watch a lot of games. So it's good to hear people that have watched multiple games say he's very consistent. Uh, Some of the negatives, 
he can't handle double teams, which is a problem. Not quite as much, depending on what team you're on, with Kenny Clark and Zadarius and everything else. I don't think whoever we bring in is going to really be taking on a lot of double teams. And if they do, it's going to be to their detriment, the, the offense's detriment. But it's still important to see that. I mean, you get guys that, that whenever there's a double team, they just push them right out of the way. That's not good. He says gap control in the run game was iffy. He fires off the line recklessly without reading the offensive line. So uh, NFL comparison, Chris Baker, for whatever that's worth. Next up, Mr. Javon Kinlaw. I am definitely not as big on Javon Kinlaw. And the biggest reason is against the – he just gets pushed around like he's nothing. I mean, there are certain reps, obviously, where he'll just bowl over offensive linemen. He's got speed off the line. And again, because that's what's what people care about now, they just see that because everybody wants a defensive tackle to be an edge rusher on the inside. And he does that better than a lot of these other guys we're talking about, Raekwon and, and everybody else. So they see that and they go, oh, he's a freak. I want him. I see a guy that on a play-to-play basis is getting pushed around like he's nothing. And it just, you know, I'm not super okay with that. However, if he does fall, I would assume the Packers would like that. Six foot six, three hundred two, very similar build to Raekwon. Big, lanky, long... Patton loves that long arms to be able to control the point. Um, again, he has that power in him. I've seen, I've, I've, I've watched games where I just, I just want to dislike him because he's not doing well. He's getting beat. He doesn't have any strength and power. And out of nowhere, he'll hit a guy in the chest, and literally, he's doing back somersaults. So it's in there. He just doesn't know how to utilize it quite to my liking. I'm not even talking about double teams. There are just times he just gets straight pushed out of the way, and it's annoying. Because again, I, I, if you want to know what I like, I like dominant. Which sounds simplistic, but I, I just, I want you, when somebody says you're going to go over there, your response is, then move me. And you don't move. You're not going to get past me, get past him. You're not going to push me back, push him back. You're going to need two hands to bring me down, watch me. It just, just impose your will. That's what I like. Javon Kinlaw is not an impose your will guy. He's just not. He's a guy who flashes. He's a guy who's going to have a great highlight reel. If you like Javon Kinlaw and have only watched highlights, stop it. I haven't watched his highlights, but I'm guessing they're phenomenal. Go watch him on a play-to-play basis. Just drives me nuts. Anyways, here's their comment on him. Kinlaw's blend of size, length, explosiveness, and production is a tried-and-true winning formula when projecting to the NFL. No one is a quote-unquote sure thing in the NFL draft, but drafting Kinlaw is a very low-risk proposition. I just don't really see that. Pass rush grade is a 90. Run stop grade is an 80. Third down grade, 82. Pass rusher win rate, 18.1%. Again, as a pass rusher, I have very little doubt that he's going to make an impact. I worry about play-to-play being able to affect the game, especially when you're a guy that likes to shoot. Because they'll use that to your, you know, when, when NFL teams are running draws and you're just recklessly trying to shoot into the backfield, you're you're five yards into the backfield with a running back going the opposite direction. So I don't know. I, I like a little bit more slow, methodical, trench warfare type defensive lineman. That's just, that's, I know, and again, I know the NFL doesn't agree with me, and I need to move along with the times, but I'm watching a Green Bay Packers team that gets wrecked on the ground, and we're talking about a guy that shoots the gap and once every 50 plays might get a sack. But, you know, against the run, he's just going to get pushed out of the way like he's nothing. And again, I might be slightly overstating that, but I saw it way too many times for my personal comfort. Really don't have time for this, but we'll briefly talk about Justin Matabuike because I've seen some people talk about him. 6'3", 293. Again, very good build for what the Packers like. Bottom line on him, Matabuike failed to take much of a step in 2019, but he was already playing at a high level. He's a solid all-around defensive tackle with above-average athletic traits. So again, great build. Um, end of the season was six sacks, nine hits, 26 hurry. His grades are all fine, you know, basically an 80 pass rush grade, 87 run defense grade, which is, that's what I like to see. You're a good pass rusher, you're a better run defender. Most people don't like, that's what I like. Because that's your job most of the time is to stop the run. 
And if you have the ability to occasionally affect the past, I'm all about it. But you have to be good at it. You cannot be a sieve. So I, I, I like that overall whatever. Um, like most of these guys, he's used all over the the line. Mostly B-gap, but A-gap, over-tackle, outside tackle. Athleticism was fine for what he did. 40-yard dash, 97th percentile. Three-cone, 88th percentile. 31 reps on the bench. He's a big, strong, long, lean. I just, I mean, he's, he fits. He just fits. I don't remember where I put him. I don't have time, but he, he fits the mold. And the Packers have been doing some a good amount of Texas A&M lately, so who knows? But anyways, that apparently is the last one, so I'm glad we did Matt Buike. Overall, I don't think there's anybody that I'm just in love with as a defensive tackle. I, I talk really highly about Raekwon, but I acknowledge his flaws. I acknowledge that he's not a modern-day defensive tackle. If there was a my guy, it would definitely be Raekwon. But there's nobody in this class that is just like, this guy is, is a freak. Outside of maybe Derek Brown, but even Derek Brown somewhat underwhelmed. I mean, you got to understand, we're coming off the 2019 draft where there was so much talent along the defensive line. It's hard to live up to those expectations, and I just don't think there's anybody like that. I think people are trying to make uh, Javon Kinlaw into the next Ed Oliver. I don't think he's Ed Oliver, and I wasn't even that, that high on Ed Oliver. Anyways, these are the guys that uh, that I think we've we've got a 30. We could do other positions, but I think three days is long enough to do this. Maybe we'll double back and do it some other time, but we need to, to kind of do some other stuff here. So hopefully that was somewhat enjoyable. And uh, I will begin the process of finding a draft guide, and I will be doing a giveaway in the Patreon group. For the record, do not join now for a draft guide. If you want to get on a Patreon, we'll do a different giveaway. I don't know what it is. We'll have to think about something. It looks like very few people have dropped off, which is surprising and exciting. And so we'll, we'll continue the giveaways. Thank you all for listening. Have a fantastic Wednesday. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.